Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. The show is a combination of interviews with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do amazing things in their life by eradicating insecurity. You'll hear real-life coaching sessions from people who are overcoming insecurity in their life, and you'll hear 10-Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver some high-quality personal development content to help you in your own journey. I hope you enjoy the program. Now on to today's show. Rachel, really exciting to have you on the call tonight. Um, loved your response when it came through. It was like, yes, yes, quickly pick me. And so <laughs> what what was it? Like what was it inside you that, that caused you to kind of leap up and really uh, respond to that message today? Well, it's actually a topic I've been trying to work on by myself and I'm finding I take a, a step forward and maybe two steps back or I've got strengths in applying some of the, the strategies in some areas of my life. Um, for instance, I feel no anxiety or no panic attacks ever at work at all. Um, yeah. But in other areas of my life, I do. So I just think, well, how am I getting it right there? And what's going wrong here? And how come I can't apply it everywhere? And why am I so strong in these areas? And I'm just, I've had enough. And I just, I just want to, I just want to move forward in all areas of my life and just be happy instead of only sleeping four hours a month, you know, each night and just struggling over some areas over and over and mulling over. So I just, I just want to be done with it all. I've had enough. Mm. I've had enough of playing the victim role. I'm done with it. Mm. I just want to move on and I've just I've I've tried it all by myself and I've tried every other avenue. So I thought this is what I'm looking for. So I thought, yeah, let's give this a try. Wow, fantastic. Um, you know, coaching is all about readiness for change and that's a really exciting thing when someone gets to a point where they're like, you know what? I'm ready. Let's go, let's do this, let's bring it on. Um, so that's great. So is there a specific issue? Now, we've got 30 minutes tonight, yep. which is not a long time, but enough time to really tackle some core issues. So what is it that you'd like to focus on specifically tonight? Uh, um, I think it would be... I don't know why I constantly feel like a victim when it comes to um, friendships, relationships. I know with my, with my uh, family of origin... There's been a lot of ostracizing from from um, on my mother's side of family towards me. I've always yeah. felt like, or, or I've I've always seen life through that I'm I'm everyone's doormat, and um, and I'm wondering why I still find myself in a position with friendships or with other relationships over and over again, feeling the same way constantly. I'm wondering why I'm smacking my head against a brick wall, even asking why still. Yeah, cool. Okay, great. Um, I'm not sure if you've come across my book at all. Have you Have you read that? Uh, no, I think there was a free chapter that you could download, and I looked at that. Um, sure. Well, well the, the point of why I asked is that you know, on the blurb at the back, I say, you know, people often imagine their problems as really, really complicated and totally unique. And, you know, when they go to address them, they get very big in their mind and they get, you know, similar to what you've explained. Why? Why? And why am I asking why? And why can't I work this out? And it's, you know, and it's this massive thing. Um, and the, the really cool thing is that there is an actual answer to your problem. 
and and it's actually not complicated and nor is it unique. So sorry if that makes you feel less special. <laughs> but, no, no, um, and I know, think I, yeah, I think that's um, the core of it is I, yeah, I think that's that's something I need to realise is that that's not. I'm not the only one in the world that's ever gone through this, and surely if someone else has gone through this, surely, um, yeah, the the answer can can be um, found. Beautiful. And part of the cool thing about coaching is it helps you to step outside of your story, so you're able to have a look at it from an observer's position. Now, in the midst of the story, it is incredibly complicated and totally unique because it's you and you're enmeshed in it. But you step outside of it, and you kind of see the patterns emerge. And, and you know, yeah. ah, well, that's, that's a pattern, and it's a pattern that we all go through. And yeah, I can see it in other friends in my life, but I still can't see yeah. mine. All right, cool. So let's just, let's just think about this victim story for a moment because, um, you know, one of the core presuppositions around coach, you know, human behavioral science is that every negative behavior has a positive intention. So we're actually not trying to hurt ourselves or ruin our lives. And we're not actually trying to hurt others or ruin their lives either. But often our behavior does both. Yeah. So typically people want to judge their behavior and they, they critic of their behavior and they hate their behavior, but that doesn't give them any ability to change it. It just creates shame, guilt, anxiety, pressure, self-judgment, self-loathing. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with some of those things. Yeah, I feel like I've operated out of shame a lot. And, yeah, and, cool. Um, yeah. So... Um, one, one of the really cool things to kind of deal with straight away is that there is no judgment in this conversation. So, um, and for you to let go of self-judgment and just to step back and observe your story without judgment. So, okay. um, and to separate behavior from intention. So to, to right. explore that in some way your behavior has been an attempt to bring peace and comfort to you. It's in some way you're trying to make yourself safe and happy uh, the strategy that you're using is not working for you. It's it's causing grief and pain, but the intention is good. It comes from a good place. So yeah. we're not we're not bad people because we do bad things, right? We we do bad things because we're needy people and we haven't found a better way, a more resourceful way to meet that need. In in one of my most recent social situations, that 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 sounds that rings true. That something. Yeah. A bad Beautiful. explosion socially happened, but it was never the intention, but it still ended up that way. For sure. Great. So let's explore this intention. So what could be the intention behind playing the victim card? The positive um, intention. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how else. I might just brainstorm. So You're great. Let's I, do I don't that. Know. Yep. Um, I think maybe I try to do it because it's the safe role that I'm familiar with. Great. Beautiful. So safety, familiarity, two great advantages of that card. It's what you know. You know how to be the victim. You're not sure of any other role, but you know that one. You know how to play it. So you can't get it wrong, really. Yeah, it, it rings true for me. Great. Beautiful. So that's a really lovely advantage of, of playing that card. Um, what other advantages or positive intentions are there in playing the victim card? Um, You're not the nasty one. If you're the victim, you're not the one doing the horrible stuff. Ah, wow. And that's that's a great advantage. And keep thinking that one through. What then does that mean about you? 
and I'm a good person. <laughs> Worthy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, have you have you come across the martyr syndrome before, Rachel? Um, it's it's been said. Yep. Do you understand the intention behind that that syndrome and how it works? No. No, it's it's been yeah. said to me, but no, I don't get it. It's such it's a really clever strategy, a really a really great strategy. Um all all in order to feel good, right? Because I say this all the time, but it's such a crucial concept to understand. In order to sleep at night, I mean you're only sleeping four hours as it is, but in order to get yeah. any sleep we have to square away with ourselves that we are a decent human being that we are not a bad person, that we are worthy, that we are okay. So that happens subconsciously. Often people are not aware that that's happening, but we have to find some evidence in the world that we are not a bad person, that we're okay, that we're a decent human being. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's probably why at work when I'm operating as a nurse, I feel strong and valid and why when I'm not operating under that, that I don't. Sure. Although the martyr syndrome provides a really cool answer to that question that still makes you feel like a good person. Because the interesting thing about that is uh, it's all about comparison. So often people in a a martyr syndrome actually keep people who behave, who treat them poorly, they keep them close to them. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, which is a really interesting strategy because it gives you a reference point. It allows you the moral high ground. It allows you to say to yourself, you know what, I would never in a hundred years even think of behaving like that person just did. Uh, I am a better person than they are um, because I wouldn't do that. And because of what I can tolerate and still function and still get out of bed each morning and still put a smile on my face, I'm a freaking saint, you know, because of what I can put up with. Okay. It's such a great strategy, right? It's such a a great way of affirming yourself and telling you that you're not a bad person. Okay, that makes sense because I don't know why, but when someone treats me bad, I move closer to them. Exactly. It allows you an external reference point, a a way of comparing yourself to go, well, I know that I'm better than that person. And even though I don't have to say it, I don't have to tell anyone, I, I know every day that I am not as bad as them and I would never even think about doing what they do. So by association, I am good. Yep. And because of what I can tolerate, I am amazing actually. So where do I go so, from here? Well, the cool thing is the intention will always need to be met. You do need to feel like a good person. But the question is, is there a more resourceful way to fill that need than these external strategies that cause you so much grief. Okay. Is it possible to feel like a good person without tolerating people treating you poorly, walking all over you? Is it possible to feel safe and valuable without playing the victim card? Uh, are there any? Is there anyone else in the world who feels lovely, worthy, valuable, safe, um, and significant, and they don't do either of those two strategies. Yeah, well, yes, yes. So the answer is definitely yes. Uh, 100%. So th- this is the cool thing around change. It's it's about displacement. 
I don't know if you remember that word from Year Ten physics or. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you remember displacement? Is that a word in your yeah. vocabulary? Yeah. Cool. So it's don't stop it, swap it. It's not like, like you've got to look yourself in the mirror and go, just stop being a victim. Just stop it. It's terrible. Stop doing that. Stop doing it. And, I mean, you've probably already tried that 100 times and it doesn't work <laughs> because it's actually meeting a need and your need will not go unmet. It is a deeply ingrained need to feel significant and valuable. You cannot switch that off. Yeah. So if you don't find a high-quality strategy to meet that need, you will keep resorting to a strategy that's always worked for you on some level. Yep. So if you want to be able to let go of the victim card, you have to have a better card in your hand to play. Okay. So I need to find ways of feeling worthy. Mm -hmm. I need to find ways of feeling like I am a good person. Mm-hmm. Just swapping what I used to do with other positive things, like either, like for example, I like to run and do fun runs and continue on with those self-affirming activities. Sure, great. What if they're all good things? But what if you found a way to meet that need without doing anything? Okay, I. I yeah, I don't know how to do that. I cool. Great. Well, you've come to the right place because this is the conversation. This is a transformational conversation and it's an incredible privilege to get to have these kind of conversations with people because um, the way forward is simple and hard. You know, it's actually much easier to outsource your needs to the world because then it's not your responsibility. Ah, because that's still asking other people to affirm it and look at this medal that affirms it. Look at, okay, all right. Exactly. So the way forward is about taking responsibility. It is about being able to look in the mirror and go, Rachel, you are enough, full stop. Whether this person likes you, whether this person agrees with you, whether this person thinks you're awesome or not, um, it doesn't really matter. You haven't really asked for their opinion that you are owning your value and worth 100% internally. Nothing to prove, nothing to defend. Now, easier to say, hard to do, but this is the way out, right? Every time you overcomplicate the issue or make it really unique, like, oh, well, no one quite knows my situation and my situation is somehow different, and if you knew how bad I've got it, then you'd knew why it's extra hard for me. If you're willing to let go of that story yeah. and go, no, no, it's simple and hard. The way is simple and hard. I have to cut all these external cords, all these things that prop me up and feed, fill my cup, even though they don't do it very well, and be able to own my value and worth. That is the process. Okay. That is the way of flourishing. And people so, who have got what you want... Yeah. That is how they have it. They they do not require external validation, approval, love. They have owned it internally and it gives them a place of real security from which to operate from. All right. So when, say, if I'm driving and getting myself wound up and anxious and I hear myself playing that tape, that recorded voice over and over again in myself that talks about my journey and if you knew how hard it was and the horrible things that have happened. So if yeah, I yeah. stop that, 
And if I feel myself doing it, I just need to say, no, nope, you're doing it again. You need to stop. Well, not not quite because it's it's not you're not behaviour managing yourself. You're recognising that this story has worked for you, right? This uh, story has loved you. This story has kept you safe for a long time. And yeah, it's you know so the part of you that has driven that story, you actually need to thank that part because you might not still be here had you not been so committed to this story. It's so caused it's you to survive some pretty tough things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's actually been very loving. So you can't get ahead by fighting against yourself. It is about understanding, you know, the awareness of going, ah, oh, that's why I choose that story because it makes me feel like I'm a good person. Hmm. Okay. I get that, but I wonder if there's a better way I could still feel like a good person. Okay. You know, so that's the, that's the process. So it's, it's this awareness, letting go of self-judgment, not trying to fight yourself, um, just, just, you know, operating, swapping out a, a less resourceful choice, choice for a more resourceful one that's more aligned with the kind of life you want to live and, and the person that you know you can be in every other circle except this one. Okay. Yeah, because if I think about one of my friends who has been brave enough to move forward and she has a brilliant life, not because of the things that she has, but because she's, she is self-confident and happy and loves her choices it's yeah. because of those types of reasons. She's not outsourcing it to other people. She's not craving. She's never asked for my permission yeah. to, to go and do those things. She's just done it. She's like a bird. Yep. She just does because she does. Nice. And you look at that and you see that in her and something resonates. You know that that's what you want as well. Oh, that's definitely what I want. So so when was the first time you told yourself that you didn't deserve that? Oh, a very long, oh, was a very long time ago. I'm talking, <laughs> I would have been less, I would have been before I was six, maybe five, maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, all the studies around, uh, you know, human development say that naught to seven are very, very formative years and that by the time we're seven, we've pretty much made up our mind about a lot of stuff in our world and then we just yeah. go and find evidence that that's true. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's been some stuff happened in that period of your life that hasn't been pleasant and the way you've made sense of it and survived is to lower your expectations of what you deserve. And this is one of the first times I've been able to talk of it but not go into detail and cry and rock in a corner. Congratulations. Well done. So I can do this. Well, that's beautiful. That's a great feedback that proves to you are ready to let go of this card. Yeah. It is, and, it is, and thinking about it like a card, like I, I coached a guy with depression uh, who had depression for 30 years and... Um, you know, he'd been referred by a friend. He'd come reluctantly, but he'd agreed eventually. He sat down and the very first question I asked him was, okay, so how's this not a problem for you? How's having depression not a problem? And he yeah. says, well, it's a problem because it affects my relationships, my work, you know, I don't like myself. 
I said, hey, well, no, hang on. How is this not a problem for you? Yeah. He says, yeah, but it is a problem. I said, no, but how is that not a problem? And I just held the line around that question. And it took him a long time to even acknowledge what I was saying. But I wouldn't okay. budge because I was there to serve him. And eventually he discovered that it was, a, it was a magic card that he had in his back pocket. Every time he was yeah. insecure about his parenting, about his friendships, about his role at work, he could pull that card down, put it on the table and go, hey, by the way, uh, I've got depression. So he could hide behind that card for a week at a time if he wanted to. And it absolved him of responsibility. It kept him safe. He couldn't fail. He couldn't be rejected or disappointed. It was a wonderful card that he had in his possession. Yeah. Um, so the victim card is equally as magical. It, it does wonderful things for you. It has kept you safe. So um, don't judge it and don't hate it. Because I have hated it for a long time. Sure, great. And that's part of the challenge. It's part of the lack of awareness, which makes it very hard to let go of it. But if you can okay. see it for what it actually has been for you, and what it has given yeah. you and how it has worked for you and met your needs, well, then yeah. you're actually grateful. Um, now, armed with more choice, of course you're going to choose something better because it's not a very resourceful card. If you had, you know, it's like you've only ever known that there was a four of spades in the deck of cards and that's been your favourite card and all of a sudden someone shows you that it actually goes all the way up to eight. You're like, you're kidding, right? I could actually play a higher card. Whoa, I might actually win more games. This is this is a breakthrough. Wow. You, yeah. know, you, you would actually choose a higher card if you thought you had higher cards in your hand. Yeah. You know, so your intention's been good. It's just you haven't had the choice available to you in your mind. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you let go of the judgment, observe it, it becomes much easier to let go of it uh, because it makes more sense. Yeah, it does because, I mean, I couldn't... I've started uni last year to do my Bachelor of Nursing and some... I mean, it's beautiful and exciting and it's brilliant, but, you know, I, I feel like every time I park my car and walk through the amazing places, the the, the amazing buildings and the statues, that I just don't belong. You know, this yeah, just, well. this just that That's just... It's, it's for other people and you know, soon enough they're going to know I'm a fraud and even though they've accepted yeah. me in, they're, they're going to figure out that, I, I, you know, that would, that was just a mistake and I'm I'm going to get thrown out very soon. Um, so, you know, and I find myself saying things like that constantly. Uh, you know, yeah, I meet well. a new group of people and I, knew, I meet lovely women and I think, oh, they're, they're just lovely women but they're just, they're going to know that I'm just, you know, I'm a headache. It's, it's, you know, they're going to cut me at least very soon. I, I may as well just make a fool of myself and be done with it now. Yeah, well, it's amazing how your brain gathers evidence. Like, whatever you'll find evidence for whatever you believe is true. And, uh, you know, we're bombarded with over 2 million bits of information every second, but we can only process around seven of those bits. So yeah. how do you think our brain knows which bits of information to keep and which to delete? Ah, it just grabs the familiar. Yes, the familiar, but but also what it believes is true. Okay. So yeah. whatever is true, whatever is relevant, whatever is familiar gets kept. The rest, you doesn't have room. You don't have room for. So yeah. if you believe okay. people don't like you, then you that's the filter you're running constantly. Every bit of information, infinite possibilities come through the filter, and it gets crunched deleted, distorted, generalised, and out the bottom of the filter comes more evidence that you're right. 
you know, so, yeah. so someone makes a joke, oh, there you go, that's evidence that they don't like me. Even though their intention yeah. may have been to get close to you and have fun, you can only find evidence of what you believe is true. Yep. So it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy that just gains more and more momentum. But it's, okay. it's just a story. It's just a story. It's just a story. Um, yeah, so it's cool kind of deconstructing a story and being able to step outside of it and just looking where the holes are and going, oh, my goodness, um, this has been an interesting story to live in for a long time. I wonder if there are other possibilities, other stories. I wonder if other yeah. people have different stories. Yeah, well, mine's boring. I'm over it. It's it's a boring story. <laughs> I'm ready to live and do the exciting stuff. But, yeah, I, I just know that there's all this stuff just keeps holding me back. I just, you know, like yeah, if someone yeah. comes out and asks me out for a coffee date, I just think, that, I just think you know, um, you know, that why why would you choose me to have a coffee date? Like why? You know, you've got so many other nice, more interesting friends. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And then I'll I'll make reasons why I'm not available, and um, that's just silly. Because yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's really beautiful to be able to have this conversation with you now. Whatever has happened in your world has something inside you said, right? No more. Enough's enough. This has to change. And change is possible. I watch people deal with these insecurities every single day and actually jettison them. And, you know, I don't know if you would imagine what life would be like without this limitation. And if you could actually value yourself and believe in yourself and be comfortable in your own skin without this insecurity. Um, But I'm sure you could imagine it. It would be pretty extraordinary. Well... I'm starting to see that because although I felt like I was a fraud, I started passing subjects and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm I'm really going to do, like, I'm really doing this. And yeah. what other people just go, yeah, it's a boring subject, let's just tick it off and be done with it. I, I'm just finding this thrilling. It's, it's just amazing. So I figure if That's I can right. start doing, I just, I just don't want to, self-sabotage now because I find that as exciting as it is, it's scary. Oh, yeah, it, it is scary. But the interesting thing about scary is that imagine how scary it would be to stay where you are. Oh, it's it's imagine, terrible. Imagine if you fast forward that another 20 years and get to the end yeah. of that line and, and you've still been limited by all these fears and doubts and insecurities. Imagine how scary that would be. It's horrible. I hate it. Because <laughs> I, I hate my whole 20s for doing that. I just think, what a waste. Sure. What a waste. Right. So it turns out that the change isn't half as scary as people think it is. And in fact, it is far less scary than not change. Yeah. If you compare it to how cross with myself I am for not yeah, doing exactly. it. Okay. It becomes the safe option. To change becomes far safer than not to change. Cool. Hmm. <laughs> very exciting like nice, I, know, nice. I, don't, I don't know what I sound like right now but that's pretty amazing um, I was just actually going to comment on how you sound really because your state seems to have changed significantly and and the word I would use right now is hope um, yeah you, you have real hope and do you know real hope comes from realising that you have choice that you never thought you had so Hopelessness always comes because of the illusion of no choice. It's like, I can't change this. I can't, I'm out of options. Nothing I'm doing is working. Hope evaporates. But you've actually just 
been given more choice tonight and you believe in that those choices would work. So there's hope. Hope comes flooding in when you realise there's a whole bunch of choices that you didn't realise you had that are right in front of you that you could use that would get you different results than you currently experienced. It's, it's like when you look at a picture and there's a hundred different scenes or something in it and if you yep. just help someone helps you point out one or two things, all of a sudden you yep. see hundreds of them. Yeah, beautiful. That's what it's like. Well, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's great. Um, Cool. Well, our 30 minutes is up. I'll send you the framework that I use for dealing with insecurity because, you know, while we've had a a very powerful conversation, obviously there's a bit of work for you to do. There's, There's a process for you to really knock this on the head and, um, continue to get the results you're looking for. So I'll show you the strategy that I use and the, the process because it's, it's something that um, there, is, there is a clear framework, there is a clear process to deal with this stuff effectively so that you're not yeah. kind of beating around the bush. So I'll send you that. Um, but, yeah, I really acknowledge you for stepping up tonight and um, it really is such a joy to have had this conversation with you and to have been useful to you tonight. So thank you. Well, thank you. I can't believe I was able to grab the opportunity. So this is pretty exciting. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, my absolute <laughs> pleasure.